So let's look in John chapter number 15. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, and we're going to look and talk about abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ, staying in him, abiding in him. Now, while you're turning, let me remind you of what has taken place, what has taken place to lead Jesus to uh, say what he's saying here in John 15. Uh, This is the night before his uh, uh, arrest, or actually the night of his arrest, before he goes into the, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he, he had the, the Last Supper with his disciples. He washed the disciples' feet. He revealed who the traitor was. He revealed the traitor, dismissed Judas. Judas has gone to, to betray the Lord. And so now, now he is fixing to explain some things to them. Mainly, he's saying, don't be like Judas. Don't be like Judas. Don't, don't abandon. Don't leave. Don't leave. Stay. That's what that word abide means. So, with that being said, John 15, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to skim through the first side because we covered that last week. But I'll do just as a reminder. Uh, uh, and, and, and we'll go through that and then hunker down on the back, back page. All right? If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye, he's he's speaking to the disciples, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do what? Nothing. 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 If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be what? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater loveth no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, For the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. Thank you for a hungry crowd that wants to learn and to grow and to expand their knowledge of your word. 
Lord, thank you for the, uh, the air-conditioned building that you have given us to gather in. Uh, Lord, there are people meeting all over the world right now that, that, are, that are in the heat and in the elements. And Lord, I was just, I was just looking and, and reading about the, the devastation that's going on in Pakistan and all of the, the Muslims that are attacking Christians in Pakistan. And, and, and Lord, I pray that you'll be merciful uh, Lord, I pray that you'll protect our brothers and sisters in Christ over there. And uh, Lord, just put a hedge about them and let the, let the word of God expand and explode because of the persecution they're going through. Lord, I pray that you will just watch over them and meet their needs, keep them safe. And Lord, I pray that it'll be a challenge to the Christians in America. Uh, Lord, that we will realize how, how good we have it. And Lord, that we will take advantage of the freedoms that we have and we will take advantage of the opportunities that you've given us by allowing us to be in a free country. Lord, while it's free, I pray, Lord, that you will help me now. Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Lord, let me be careful. Let me be uh, specific and, and accurate in what I say. Uh, Lord, don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Don't let me forget anything I need to. God will be careful to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we go through, let's just do a little running commentary through the, through the chapter as we follow through the outline. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say, hey, I'm the true vine? All right, what is the, what is the fake vine? You know, what is the wrong vine? If it, if it, what is the untrue vine? We know according to the Old Testament, uh, specifically I believe Isaiah, that Israel was called a vineyard. A vineyard. Uh, God said, I had planted my, my beloved in a very fruitful hill and compared uh, Israel and, and Israel's religion to a vineyard. He said, I wanted sweet grapes and I got sour grapes. So uh, what Jesus is saying here is everything you've known up until this point, everything that you know of as far as the way you're supposed to worship God and the way, because we got to know that Judaism had become incredibly corrupt, incredibly corrupt. They were wicked. The high priests were wicked. They were extorting the people. Uh, We know we know Jesus had, had, had turned over tables and he had done all kind of things. Matter of fact, the whole time he was here on this earth, he was butting heads with the religious crowd in Jerusalem and turning their world upside down. And what Jesus is saying here, everything you've seen up until this point is fake. It's not real. It's not true. He said, but let me tell you what is true. I am. I am the true vine. I am the real deal. My father is the husbandman. My father is the caretaker. It is, it is his, uh, uh, it, it is his care. And by the way, he did. The father took care of his son the whole time he was here on this earth. Sent angels to minister to him on multiple occasions. He was, he was the husbandman. He was the caretaker. He was the farmer, if you will, that takes care of his vine. He said, in year the branches, year the branches. Now watch what he says. And, and, and we said last time, we said last time, that it just seems like this verse is thrown in here out of nowhere, but it's not. It says, every branch in me that beareth fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, now 
ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, what's he talking about? I mean, we're ta- first we're talking about a vineyard and we're talking about vines and branches and, and fruit. And then all of a sudden he throws this in there. Now you're clean. Now you're clean. Now, why do we say, you remember last week, what is he doing here? He's distinguishing the difference between the disciples that stayed and the one that betrayed. All right. There are, there are people that were connected to Jesus that left him on multiple occasions. There were people that followed him because he could perform miracles. They were people that followed him because he, 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 he fed and, and made loaves of bread to, to materialize out of, out of one little lad's lunch. And, and then when he began to share truth with them, the Bible says they walked away and followed him no more. He turns to the disciples, are you going to go too? And that's when Peter said, hey, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life, right? And so there were many times that, that people were superficially connected to Christ. Now, how do we apply that today? There's people in churches all over America that are fake. They are fruitless branches that are superficially connected to Christ. They are not in Christ. When it says every branch in me, it's not the same in as when Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature because, uh, uh, they are like Judas and professing, professing to know him, professing to be. And by the way, Judas was so good at it. Nobody could tell that he was the betrayer. Nobody picked him. Nobody. They said, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? They had no clue whatsoever. He was so good at faking. He was so good at faking being a follower of Christ that he was up into the point of his betrayal. Nobody had a clue. And these verses are talking about this. Jesus is describing this. He said, there's two kind of branches in me. There's branches that bear fruit. And there's branches that don't bear fruit. Period. That's it. There's, there's, there's fruitful branches and fruitless branches. And then he goes to talk. And I'm not going to spend all the time because I spent way too much of that time last week. The fruitless branches, they're going to be taken away and burned. Now, there's only the one, one connection to that. There's only one connection to that. That's hell fire. All right. So fruitless people, no matter what their profession is, they're going to, they're going to stand before God one day in the judgment and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name and do that in your name? And this is what Jesus is going to say. Depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. That's sad. It's sad. That's scary. People that Listen, anyway, anyway, so we know what he's saying here. We know he said, now ye are clean. Why? Because just a few chapters before that, he, he, in, the, in the description with, with when Peter was washing, or he was washing their feet and he got into that, that discussion with Peter, he said, now y'all were clean, but not all. Yeah. And it was in reference to Judas. So when he says ye are clean here, he's talking about, now you guys are saved. You guys are in You guys are fruitful branches, but watch what he says. He says in verse number four, abide in me. That means stay. Say that with me. That means stay, stay 
Stay in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Now what happens to the man that doesn't abide? If a man abide not in me, he doesn't stay. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gathered them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. So we, we have a, uh, and I'll get to this in a minute on the, on the back page. Uh, but what Jesus is doing is he's showing there's a distinction between uh, the saved and the lost. The lost are uh, unfruitful branches. The saved are the fruitful branches. Uh, the, the, the saved will be fruitful and they will be purged and they will be tended to by the husbandman, by God the Father, so that you will bear more fruit. Are y'all with me? But the unfruitful will be taken away. They will be taken away to be burned. All right? That's, That's condemnation. That's judgment. Now, now, he is saying here, what evidence do we have? We talked about fruit last week. We talked about fruit last week. But the greatest evidence, the greatest evidence of being the right kind of branch is that you stay. Perseverance. Perseverance. Listen, you don't persevere to get it. You persevere if you have it. There's a difference. Now, there are some denominations that want to tell you, uh, you persevere to get it. But if that's the case, that means you can earn it. And my Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you could hold on and persevere to gain your salvation, then you could brag about it. But that's not what it's saying. But he is saying those that persevere, they got it. In 1 John, 1 John clearly says it. So they went out from us. They went out from us because they were not of us. He said, surely if they were of us, they'd still be with us. They'd still be with us. So there's an there's a easy explanation. Now, now, let's look at this. Here's a few factors. Here's a few factors when it comes to abiding. I, I want to bear fruit. How about y'all? I want to bear much fruit. How about y'all? I want to glorify the Father. Amen. And so there's some factors in abiding I want you to see. First of all, the dependence factor. That should, you should already have that. The dependence factor. He said, without me, ye can do nothing. 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 You can't do anything. We are totally dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, by the way, uh, 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 write this down because I wrote it down in my notes back there and I forgot to bring it out here and it's in my head right now. And if I don't tell you, I, I don't even need to, this ain't even the point right now, but I need you to say it so y'all can remind me what I said. <laughs> Connection, fo- no, 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 no. Focus on connection, not production. Focus on, write that somewhere. I don't care where you write it. Write it somewhere and then remind me later on, I need to talk about that. Focus on connection, not on production. 
And we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. All right. Now, uh, the dependence factor. We are totally dependent on Christ to bear fruit. We are totally dependent on him for every need that we have. He is our source and we are dependent on him. Number two, not only do we see the dependence factor, do we see the com- communing factor? The communing factor. Preacher, what are you saying? Abiding means communion. Now, I, I wrote in your notes there, union, there is a connection to Christ. We are united to Christ. Amen. Married to Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Now, when, when, when there is communion in the union, it equals what? Joy. Say it with me. It equals joy. joy. Now, what is, what is communion? Fellowship. Communication, intimacy. I mean, anybody that's married will tell you, if there is a union without communion, then that is frustrating. When there's no communication, when there's no intimacy, when there's no fellowship, when there's no companionship, when there's none of this going on, it creates frustration in the relationship and in the union. And, and this is the problem that we have with tons and tons of Christians is they are in union, but they're not in communion. And their, their Christian walk is frustrating because they're not experiencing the power of God. They're not experiencing the presence of God in a manifest way. They're not, a, they're not having any joy whatsoever because there's no fellowship and there's no communication. There's no intimacy with Christ. And because they have no joy, they have no strength. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you have a, a very low strength level when it comes to spiritual things, the devil is going to beat the devil out of you. And you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated with life. You're going to be frustrated with your issues. You're going to be frustrated with church. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to feel like I just not getting anything. I just, I just, I, I, you don't want to serve. You don't want to fellowship with other believers. And it's not because you got a problem this way. You got a problem this way. And so we need communion. We need connection. We need connection. That communion we said means fellowship. Say it with me. Fellowship and it's right beside it right there. All right. Can y'all find under point number two, communion is fellowship, communication, and now watch what intimacy, the word intimate, Webster's Dictionary, inmost, inward. And it, and it gave this, this kind of defining sentence. One to whom the thoughts of another are entrusted without reserve. Do you have that kind of communication with, with the Lord? Some of us are, some of us are, you know, one, we're not talking to him like that because we're frustrated with him. Some of us are not talking to him that way. We're very reserved because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we know if we talk to him, then he's going to tell us we're wrong. And so there's really no, no kind of communication going this way. Well, 
I promise you this. Let me say this. The, the depth of your communion with Christ is totally dependent on you. Now, when it comes to marriages, when it comes to marriages, it takes two to tango. If one don't want it, it ain't going to happen. I don't care how much you try. I don't care how much effort you put in. If the other's not willing to put in effort and try, it's not going to happen. But you see, it's different with the Lord. Because he will, he will match and excel the effort that you made. He already has. He is, he is sitting on the edge of the portals of glory waiting for you to get up in the morning. He is sitting with a longing ear all day long waiting for you to talk to him, waiting for your fellowship, waiting to communicate. It's up to us. It's not up to him. It's up to us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, it's so important. How do we do this? Now, if we practically, if we were talking about on this physical earth, we, we take time. We sit down with our spouse and, or our friend and, and, and we talk. We communicate. We fellowship. Listen, how do we do that practically? First of all, through his word. Through his word, he speaks to us. Through his word, he speaks to us. Some of y'all keep saying, God, I told y'all about the little cartoon I saw. You know, this little guy, I think it was Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin was up, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak. Like three different, three different, you know, pictures in the cartoon. Then all of a sudden in the last one, there's a hand out of heaven with a Bible. And that is, that is so accurate. That is so, well, I just want God to speak to me. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I have been really, really committed uh, here in the last little while of doing my soaps and staying because I want to be a good example to you guys. And I'm a hypocrite if I tell you to do it and me not do it. So I'm not going to send you up ladder. I ain't doing I got proof and I can take and show you. Say amen. amen. But I'm telling you every time he tells me something. Every time. And I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these super spiritual charismatic birds that run around and say, God, I got a vision. I got a new word from God. Well, I don't want to hear your new word. Because you ain't even read the old word. And, and most of these new words don't contradict the word of God. And so it's not a new word. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm getting on that. Listen, if you will just open this up, I promise you. He will talk to you. Now, why don't we do that? Because some of us are afraid of what he's going to say. Because this, 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 this book knows you. This book is a scalpel that cuts deep below what everybody else can see. Everybody else sees what you want them to see, but this book sees what you are. Yeah. Amen. 
And I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just be honest. All the things he's told me, I hadn't really appreciated. Because there was areas I needed to work on. And so we let him speak to us through the word. Read the word. I challenge it. Read and say, Lord, talk to me. Speak to me, Lord. Show me what you want. And I promise you, he will. He will. Then we talk to him through prayer. We talk to him through prayer. Amen. He speaks to, say it with me now, he speaks to us through the, through the word. Then, then we speak to him through prayer. through prayer. It's just talking to God. Talking to God. Hebrews 10, 12. Let us draw near with a full, or excuse me, a true heart in full assurance of faith. Yeah. James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God. Say it with me. Draw nigh, say it with me, say it with me. Draw nigh to God and he will. See, it's not a, it, it, it's a one-sided deal. The depth of your communion with God is totally dependent on you. I promise you, he will match your effort. Hebrews 4, 16. But let me say this. He's not going to make you. He's not going to make you. Why don't he just make me? You know, if I had to, if I had to make Tammy fellowship with me, how awful would that feel? If I had to make her spend time with me. If I had to make her be affectionate and communicate. God's not going to make you. He's not going to make you. All right. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Read this. Read this sentence with me. Marriage created the union. Say that with me. Now, we can say practically for the study's sake, this is salvation. Salvation created the union with Christ. You became the bride of Christ. You were married to Christ. You know, Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, when he's talking about the church, a chaste virgin to Christ. You know, he, we are the bride of Christ. When we got saved, we were put into union with Christ. Now, now that, that, that experience of salvation created the union. But watch this. But, everybody, but maintains Now, the experience itself is not an ongoing experience. When you're saved, that's a moment in time. That happens. You're not being saved. You get saved. You are in union. You are, you are connected to Christ. But it takes effort. It takes effort to maintain the communion. It takes effort. Listen, <clears throat> daily devotion, daily, say it with me, daily. daily, come on everybody say it, 
Daily. All right, so here's the two factors we've covered. Here's the two factors we've covered. Now, first of all, what was number one? The what factor? Dependence, Dependence factor. Can we all agree right now, according to this chapter, without Christ, we're, we're done. We can't do anything without him. All right, no, no brainer. No, no question about that. Uh, number two, we have the communion or communing factor. And, and put, this, put this beside that. We'll, we'll talk about this right here. All right. Uh, uh, connection. Put the word connection out there beside communing. This is, this is what I wanted to get at. This is what I want to get at. I, 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 hinted, around, I hinted around about it last week. But say, say we have the vine here. The vine. The main, the main vine. Right? It's coming up. It's coming up. Who is the vine? Jesus, right? Then you have the branch. Then you have the branch coming off the vine, right? Now, obviously, the, the, the branch is not bigger than the vine, right? It is small, way smaller than the vine. But out here, out here is what? We, we hope, right? If we're truly connected, if we're truly connected, it's not a superficial it, listen, if we're uh, the real deal, we're going to bear fruit. Now, watch this. On this side, you have the vine. You have the vine. And there is a connection. Say that with me. There is a... The branch is connected to the vine. On this side is we have the fruit. We have the fruit. Now, listen. This is determined... By the size of the connection to the vine. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. The amount of fruit that you find and see in your life will be determined by the connection that you have to the vine. Now remember what I said a while ago. Is we need to focus more on our connection than our production. And see, that's, that's, not, that's not what's happening in Christianity today in most people's cases. Most people are frustrated. Most people are, are down. They're discouraged because they're not seeing the fruit that they want to see. They're not experiencing the joy and the love and the peace and the, and the perseverance and the self-control and all of these things that comes with having the fruit of the Spirit. They're not seeing people say. They're not seeing the power of God in their life. They're not seeing all of this stuff that is the fruit of being saved and they're working hard at it, but they're, they're neglecting the connection. They're neglecting the connection. They're trying hard to bear fruit. They're trying hard in there. And, and see, that's what Jesus, that's why he said, without me, you can do nothing. You want to neglect your Bible? Nothing. You, you, want to, you want to neglect prayer? You want to neglect time with me? You want to neglect your devotional time? Well, I'm going to tell you this. You're going, you might have a little bit of fruit, but it ain't going to be much. And here's what I want to tell you. <laughs> it will greatly reduce your stress. And the effort that you have to make to bear fruit. If you will spend it on the connection. 
Quit trying to have, buy more stuff to have joy. Spend more time with Christ. Quit trying to do this and that to have more peace in your life. Oh, I'm getting all the drama out of my life. I'm getting all the people that cause drama. I see it on social media all the time. I'm, if you're deleted, then you cause drama in my life. Oh, <laughs> where in this world are you gonna go where there ain't no drama? Hey, drama in the bathroom you did a while ago. That's not. That's not the answer. The answer is your time with Christ. Then you can be like Paul. Then you can be like Paul and go through shipwreck multiple times. You can be beaten with rods multiple times. You can be stoned and left for dead. You can be treated like a redheaded stepchild. You can be beaten and done all this stuff. But then say, with Christ, I can do all things. Through Christ... Which strengthens me. Paul wasn't over here trying to come up with a a whole nother scheme to get more people saved. No, no. Paul was working on his connection. Paul was spending time in prayer. Paul was spending time in the word. Paul was, listen, he was doing everything he could to be connected. And that's why, as I read in my soaps this morning, that he could come to the Thessalonians and say, Hey, I come to you not in word only, but in power of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? How much work are you doing over here? How much work are you doing over here? How much time are you spending? And by the way, communion is private. When me and Tammy are communing, you ain't around. It's me and her. It's private. It's intimate. It's us alone. Listen, the point I was trying to make last week when I said that was you, you, this ain't communing. This ain't communing. Somebody posted, somebody posted on, on Facebook, that's because it ain't none of their business. And I, they, I th- you don't get what I'm trying to do here with this, this point. The point is, how much, how much alone time are you spending with God? Because that's going to, and by the way, it'll determine what you get out of here too. Amen. How's the connection? The more you expand the connection, the larger the connection gets, the more time you spend with him, the closer you get to him, the more fruit you're going to bear. Now I want you to look at number three. I want you to see the application factor. This is, this, is, this is really where the rubber meets the road. <clears throat> I'm beginning to get real frustrated with pastors. They've always been my heroes till lately. I just, there's a lot of wishing and wanting, but not a lot of willing and able. And, and, and Christianity as a whole, especially in America, 
We're addicted to learning and we're allergic to living. We want the next book. We want the next, iP- or what do you call that, podcast. We want the next seminar. We want the next conference. What book can I read now? What book are you practicing? In, 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 in staff meeting, in, in multiple, multiple training centers, I'm, I've, I've been in, I can't tell you how many. With Timothy's, and, and I hear this. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna just read more this week, and I just want to stop and say, I don't think that's it. Yeah. I don't think the answer is reading more. If you're not done what you've already read, that's right. married folks in here, all those marriage books you're reading. Don't do any good unless you apply them. All, all, those, all those motivational videos you watch, all that stuff don't work unless you apply them. Now, I'm going to give you a verse before you start throwing tomatoes at me. Watch what it says. John 15, 9. John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. What's that word? Continue Continue ye in my love. If ye, what? Keep my commandments. Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in him. That's the key. You see, let me give you the three points here. The application factor of abiding. All right, we've spent time reading our Bible. We've spent time reading the scriptures and we've allowed God to show us areas of our life that we need to change, that we need to fix, that we need to work on. We've even asked for help. We've spoken to him in prayer. And so now we have, we have something to, to work with. We have something to do. Now we have to go obey. We have to go obey. Say that with me. We have to go obey he says if ye keep my commandments john 15 14 ye are my friends if ye read what i command you to do is that what he says no he said if ye do whatsoever i command you you do now watch James 1 25, but whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his reading. He's not going to be blessed when he read it. He's not going to be blessed when he saw it. He's going to be blessed when he goes and does it. Does this make sense? Listen, C or A, write this down, the application factor. We got to complete. We got to complete. We can't stop. We can't, we can't not fulfill or follow through. When we complete, 
abiding, that means what? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the word there, A, I put beside complete? Obedience. Say it with me. Obedience. Obedience. Now, watch this. B, we need to commit. We need to complete the commands that he's given us in the word that we read. We need to commit. He said abide. What do we say abide meant? Stay. Stay. Continue. Stay. Stay. Right? Now watch this. Watch this. What word did I put beside commit? Everybody say it. I know it's a dirty D word, but just help me with it. Say it. Discipline. Now look what I put beside that. Look what I put beside that. Somebody read that out for me. Let's say it again. No, no, no. Discipline is greater than motivation. If y'all not sure what that symbol is, go back to math class, right? Pac-Man always eats the greater side, okay? Let's try it again. You ready? Oh, Lord Jesus. Here we go. All right, all right. Help me, Fairview. Help me, help me. Here we go. You ready? Now, let me, let me, I don't want to be mean, but I'm going to just be, you, too many of you guys are waiting to be motivated. You're waiting on the next motivational book, motivational speech, motivational this, motivational that. When, when discipline is way better than motivation. Discipline. Discipline. Now, watch. I've got Bible. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a drill sergeant. I'm just trying to tell you. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now the word sound mind, uh, it, this is what it means in the original Greek. Discipline or self-control. God didn't give us fear. But he gave us love, power, and self-control, discipline. Paul said it this way. He he described it better than any of them. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run a race run all? Everybody runs. Everybody wants to win. Watch this though. But one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. That means disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. In other words, shadow boxing is what he's saying. He says, I don't do that, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I, this is what that means. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. This is what it means. I discipline my body and keep it under control. He said everybody wants to, everybody, listen, everybody's running and everybody wants to win. But everybody's not disciplined enough to finish the race. 
He says, I'm, he uses the illustration of a shadow boxer. You know, a shadow boxer is not boxing anything. Now, if you really look at the way he says it, he says, I'm not boxing my shadow. I'm boxing myself. Because the word means to hit under the eye. And he's talking about his flesh. Now, obviously, we know he's not beating his own physical body, but he's talking about his, his, his inner man. The flesh that wants to do wrong. He says, I've got to discipline it. I've got to keep it under control. He said, because my greatest fear is that one day I'm going to mess up and God's going to put me on a shelf and I'd be a castaway. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Quit, Quit waiting to be motivated to get this thing started. There ain't a person alive. That's going to say enough motivational words if you're not going to be disciplined just to do it. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you no more than what is all right there in Scripture. He commanded you to do it. He tells you the benefits of doing it. This morning, I got sick Sunday. Had a bad taco, a burrito, or something. I don't know what it was, but I got bad sick. I'm telling you. I didn't even get out of bed. I didn't even get out of bed Monday. Not nary t- I did all day. Tammy brought me crackers and 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 it was it was I'm telling you, it was terrible. Week yesterday, come up here, stay in my office, had everybody stay away from me because I didn't I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if I didn't want to spread a virus if I had something and so I miss I miss Monday or uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday because I was taking those two days to rest, right? And and so then I was going to kick back on Monday. That didn't happen. So I miss Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Last night, last night, I'm like, oh man, I got to do it. I got to do it. I don't want to do it, but the church knows I'm doing it. If I don't get up and do it, because they see me in the morning, they out there, they saw me. And this morning when that alarm clock went on, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, it was the worst I have felt since the time I made a commitment to do this stuff. And I knew if I don't get up, if I don't get up and go do what I committed to do, I'm going to quit. And I got out of bed and I come up here and died for about an hour. (laughs) But when I sat behind my desk, just pouring sweat, I was like, man, I'm so glad I did. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying quit waiting for somebody to talk you into it. Just do it. Just do it. If you're waiting for motivation, you're not going to do it. Just discipline yourself to do it. Church, say amen. Amen. Then, Then write this down, C. What was A? Complete, which means obedience. It means obey, 
what you just read in your devotions, right? In your Bible, as you're abiding within, spending time with Christ, letting Christ speak to you, then go do what it was that he spoke to you about. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. And, then, and then be commit, which, which I said means discipline. Just do it. Just do it. All right? And then this will help a lot. This will help a lot. Write this down. Cooperation. I think it's the word I put. Cooperate. And I put beside that what word? Accountability. Accountability. Now here's, here's, what, here's what some of you guys are thinking. I know you are. I know you are. He just wants us to know he's running. No? Well, yeah. Yeah. I need you to know it. Because when I'm in that bed and I don't want to get up, I know you know it. And I know I'm going to be a hypocrite if I don't get up and do it. And that's holding me. You want to really do this? You, you re, do you really want to change your devotional life and your connection to Christ and make a real difference in your Christian walk? Allow somebody to hold you accountable. We have done discipleship programs. We have done discipleship programs in this church from the time we was down in the little building. One discipleship program after another. One book after another. Y'all remember? ABC to discipleship. Uh, the continue book. How many of y'all remember the continue book? Right? And you know what? Here, here's, here's what happened. I made everybody in life groups go through that book. Because this is going to disciple us. This book is going to just, we're going to, Man, this is, and it is a great material. I mean, great material. And, and it, it, even in that book, it's a discipleship book. Even in that book, it teaches that we're supposed to share our faith and win people to Christ, right? And, and like, there's about 700, a little over 700 people went through that book. And, and, and this was the response. This was the response. Okay, what's the next book? And, and here was the problem. We wasn't practicing the book we just read. You say, how do you know? Because that book taught us to share our faith and how to do it. Not one single person was brought to Christ through that time. So I, I know we wasn't practicing it. Now here's the deal. In DMD, it's almost the same material. It's almost the same material as a continued book. Except there's one factor that changes everything. It's the, now if you're in DMD, you better get this right or I will deal with you right after this. <laughs> this is what, this is what we have. You have the accountability. What am I doing? We're looking back. Thank you, Joy. I don't know where you're at, but I, thank you. All right. We are looking, looking, and then looking. Now watch how this works. I'll get to the look back in just a minute. When we are going through our training, and I'm going somewhere. Stay with me now. Don't get sideways. I've got plenty of time. When we're going through our training, say the very first chapter is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Second chapter is how to tell your story, how to put together your story and tell your story. I think chapter three is telling God's story. Right? 
And so as we're studying this, we're looking up. We're looking up. And, and we're allowing God to show us and teach us. We're going through the scriptures. We're going through the training. And we're looking up. And after we get through looking up, we spend some time looking forward. And this is the look forward. Because of what I learned today, because of what I learned in the look up, this week, we're looking ahead, this week I will whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you. Now let me give you an illustration. The very first week we did this, the very first week we did tell your story, share your story, how to put your story together. At the end of the training, and at the end of the look up, then, then at the look forward, look ahead, this week, this is what the Holy Spirit put on my mind. This week, I will share my story with my barber. That's, that's, that's what I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. So that was my I will. I said, okay, guys. I said, this week, I will share my story with my barber. Now, this week goes by. That, on Monday, on Monday, that's, that's usually my day off. I usually want to go get my hair cut. And so now I wake up and I know I got to share my story with my barber. I'm scared to death. I said, oh, dear Jesus. I quote verses all the way to the barbershop. Lord Jesus, you said you'd be with me. Uh, you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You'd give me power after the Holy Ghost come upon me to be witness unto you in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, God, you said you filled them with boldness. The place was shaking where they were gathered together in Acts chapter number four. Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm scared to death. And I, I, I got there, getting my hair cut. I said, Duke, have you ever heard my story? He said, well, if you told me I don't remember, go ahead. <laughs> so I told him my story. Come to find out, they'd been watching our services online for weeks. I had no idea. I hope they're watching now. But guess what? You know what I knew? You know what I knew? When we get back that next Sunday, we do what's called, come on people, look back. And you know what, you know what those Timothys were going to do to the preacher? Preacher, did you do your I will? Did you share your story this week like you said you were supposed to? What are they doing? Holding me accountable. Now let me tell you, I've shared the gospel, I don't know how many people. And how many places and how many times. And I've had the opportunity to lead tons of people to Christ. But that morning, I was scared to death. And I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ashamed to even say this. But I would have chickened out. I would have chickened out and not done it if I hadn't have known. When I got back. Dave's going to say, Preacher. Did you share your story? You know what made me follow through? Accountability. Accountability. You know why people are jumping ship and jumping from church to church to church to church? Because they do not want accountability. As soon as a church expects something from them, boom! They go to another church. They get here late and leave early because they don't want accountability. 
Well, I'm going to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to live a life that's fruitless, don't allow somebody to hold you accountable. So why do we have these life groups? So you can have accountability. So you can have accountability. Preacher, why, why, why are you saying all this? Because I'm telling you, what made me get out of that bed? Nikki Joe, I'm telling you, I want to stay in that bed so bad today. I hurt, I'm telling you, I hurt so bad. But I knew, I've been talking about this thing. And people was going to ask me, you still running? I said, man, I got to. I don't want to be a quitter. I knew that, and that held me accountable. And I'm telling you, look what it says. Look what it says. Look what it says. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. Iron sharpeneth iron. That's friction. It's heat. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not fun. But watch this. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. He makes his friend better. And that means holding him accountable. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. That exhorting is more than just encouraging. It's to spur on. It's to hold each other accountable. Listen, that one factor. Let me tell you what. Accountability, accountability is even greater than discipline sometimes. Because accountability will make you do it even if you don't have discipline. Out of all of the diet plans that's ever come to fruition, there's one that's worked better than any of them, and it's Weight Watchers. Because there's a way in. And that way in is accountability. It's accountability. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I've got an, a doctor's appointment in just a few weeks. And the last time I was there, he was bragging on how much I lost. That was pre-sabbatical. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you what. First thing they tell you to do when they walk in that doctor's office... Hop on. I try to find the lightest clothes I have in my closet. Don't act like y'all don't do that. Don't even act like that. Matter of fact, I'm going to go buy me some Crocs to wear that day. I'm trying to make a little levity here. But I'm telling you, nobody likes accountability. But it's the only thing that will make you do what you're supposed to do. Listen, let, let, me, let me give you two positive things out of all this. What are the benefits? What are the benefits? Jesus said, answered prayer. Well, that's good enough, ain't it? He said in John 15, 7, if ye abide in me, if you stay connected, if you commune with me, you obey me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, 
and it shall be done unto you. Wow. He's promising answered prayer to those who will commune with him. John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring fruit and that your fruit should remain. That, that, whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Preacher, what's the benefit of abiding? Answered prayer. Answered prayer. You see, this fruit could be answered prayer. But you know what we're doing? We're saying, God, I need this. God, move here. God, help me. God, bless me. God, meet my need. God, help me. Help me. Help me. Help When we really should be over here and say, God, speak to me. God, show me where I need adjustment. Show me where I need to. Show me how I can walk closer to you and have more fellowship with you. And then this stuff over here just happens. Bridget, what are you saying? I've had this happen to me. God answered prayer before I asked it. Oh, hey, God, you don't think God don't know your need before you ever tell him? If you'll spend time over here getting close to Jesus and spend an intimate, close, special time with him, he'll just say, I'm just going to give it to you before you even ask me. Let, me. let me give you the last one. What are the benefits factor? Answered prayer and fullness of joy. These things, John 15, 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. Say it with me. And that full. Full. You know what that word means? Here's what that means. Everybody, everybody, come on now. Everybody, look at me. I can't handle no more. What, what do they say, you know, they sit there and watch you pig out at the restaurant. I mean, just, just, just unmerciful. And then they'll come say, you leave room for dessert? Really? Why didn't you remind me that? No. No, what do you say? I am. Now look at me, everybody. I'm going to say this. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up so you know I'm not lying. Stand up. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me. Everybody. Look at me. Everybody up on the shelf. Look at me. Here we go. Watch this now. Watch this. When's the last time you just experienced so much joy that you told God you're going to have to you're going to have to slow up a little bit here. <laughs> I'm just at my maximum of joy today. Is that, that even possible? If it wasn't, he wouldn't have wrote it. I'm not telling you this so you can be a better Christian. I'm not telling you this so you can contribute more to the church. I want to see you happy. Yeah. 
I want to see you experience joy. I'm tired of seeing God's children just beat down. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Even when Paul was in the maritime prison in Rome, he was telling the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I don't know about y'all, but that's what I want y'all to have. I want y'all to be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And all God's people say it.